0: It's a new year and a new opportunity for you to do big things. Are you that uh, business owner, entrepreneur, leader, or just climbing up that corporate ladder and you have a skill, an expertise in something that you can help other people discover or learn? Uh, And maybe you're not an expert yet, but you are passionate about that particular topic. And, and you keep hearing about online courses, the podcast world, content creation, creators, TikTok. I mean, there's just so many channels you could be on. My guest today, Sarah Courtner she's going to talk to us about, you know, everything you need to know about creating a course successfully. It's not easy. Okay. So I'll tell you that up front that it's not as just easy as getting on Udemy or one of the platforms or like Teachable and you threw it together. And then the sales just come in and you have thousands of students, Sarah has hundreds and thousands of students she's been doing this for decades so her experience in 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 helping businesses grow their sales or 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 maybe you have a full-time job and you just want to add income in my opinion as a marketer as an entrepreneur there's no better way to do that digitally today than creating your own intellectual property it's an inventory that sits there it's yours you're creating a legacy it's not just a side hustle it's a it can be a core piece of your business and we all hear about the upskilling that is needed in today's business world, uh, the great resignation with the great quit and the, the great shift. Remote work is creating opportunities, lower cost of entry. To It's just creating all these great opportunities. And you do have a lot of channels. But the one that we're going to talk about today with Sarah is about creating courses. And then towards the latter part of the podcast, will give you some really amazing tools that 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 um, Sarah and her team have created, some software to help you do that because it is hard to pull all the tools from the different uh, uh, environments together. So without further ado, with us from Western Australia, Sarah Cordner, welcome to the Dotpreneur Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. It's amazing to be here. We are going to walk you through some tips and some tricks today for getting all of those amazing experiences, hobbies, things you're interested in, skills and knowledge out of your head. You know, it's it's going up there in your noggin doing nothing. And out into the world, uh, what you have locked up in your brain, I believe, is basically a trapped ATM. (laughs) And although this world isn't just about making money, it's as much about changing people's lives and making a difference. And as Alex said there, leaving a legacy that goes on way beyond your own existence. We are gonna be talking about today how you can use what's in your brain to make you some cashola so that you can start creating an even more amazing life of your dreams, right, Alex? I can't wait to share some, some tips today.
0: That's right, that's right. And and Sarah, let's go way back to the beginning. I mean, you know, you've been in academia from every stage for more than two decades. But early on, like, let's say when you were a student early days in school, if you give us a little bit of that background, what I also want you to paint a picture for our listeners from around the globe is area that you're in in Australia, because I like people to visualize that, right? Like I'm here in Florida, in the United States, and you're over there on the other side. And most people know some of the big cities like Melbourne and Whatnot, but tell us like where you are and then like where it all started for you.
1: Love it. Yes. Yeah, so I'm based over in Western Australia. Uh the capital city is called Perth and is actually um apparently the most remote capital city in the world. So let's first get no. our heads around that bad boy. Um I actually <laughs> live um a three-hour flight away from that most remote capital city in the world <laughs> at the moment. So you're I'm like temporary. in
0: the middle of nowhere
1: pretty much uh the the nearest uh, at the moment i'm actually temporarily a few hundred kilometers south of the main capital city just uh, just temporarily right now um so just at the moment um I, it takes me uh, 97 kilometers worth of driving to get to my nearest
0: supermarket
1: so if you forget the milk <laughs> you're having a bad day <laughs>
0: You mean the door, like the, the, the Uber drivers and the, the door, door dashes of the world? They just don't bring it to you in like five minutes.
1: It doesn't. No, exist. but, but we seriously, have no all, delivery.
0: Well, in all honesty, Sarah, I appreciate that because we love nature. My wife and I, and we have four kids, and we love to go in the RV and go to like parks, nature parks. And a lot of people don't, sometimes they don't appreciate it. They say, I don't even know why you want to do that, Alex, be in the middle of nowhere disconnected. And I just love it. Right. And I think that there's two worlds there, because what you're going to talk to us about today is this very well-connected world, uh, a lot of technology. But I, th- I find it so interesting that you live in a very remote uh, area, um, but I think it lends itself to the what you're trying to teach people to do here. So is there, is there a lot of wildlife there where you live?
1: <laughs> yeah. We're actually just about to hit spider season uh, when everyone says, you know, isn't Australia full of spiders and beasts that are out to kill you? Um, well, in the cities, no, we don't all hop to work on the backs of kangaroos. Um, however, down in the countryside, <laughs> uh, you definitely, we, I always laugh because these uh, these spiders, they're actually completely harmless where I live. Uh, we do have red backs, which do kill you, um, but they usually keep themselves to themselves. They're pretty private creatures, to be honest. You've got a really really annoy one for it to bite you to death and you probably deserve it right but uh, with the, the spiders that we kind of get infested with at the beginning of each summer which we're just coming into at the time of recording this today uh we have these uh these spiders that at the moment they're all coming out as babies and you're like oh you know you're kind of cute just stay away from me all good within another two weeks they are going to be the size of bin lids right and (laughs) my husband and I don't like to kill these spiders because you know at the end of the day they're innocent creatures just being spiders right that's what they're here to be so we um pick up we get a spade that we use for pooper scooping the doggy do in the garden and we flick them over the fence because we've got a big meadow behind us <laughs> and it absolutely cracks me up every time we do it because these things are so freaking big right when we fling them over the fence it looks like a giant frisbee flying through the <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we well and i'm up.
0: assuming <laughs> i'm assuming your neighbors are like you guys are far from one another because you've got so much room to in right
1: far, yes yes indeed so we can we can spider fling to our hearts content without upsetting the neighbors
0: <laughs> well uh, this is like a very different picture than what I think most people picture Australia of course we watch it on the national geographics of the world and whatnot but I think when you see it uh, commercialized you're thinking like beachside everybody's just having fun at a resort uh, but this is like nature which look I I live in Florida where that's the picture that's painted around the world is a disney world mickey mouse rockets you know nasa uh, but yeah most of the state if you go inland much like you um it's wildlife you know it's skaters and this and that and so i can appreciate it We're, we, we sort of live in a, a very similar um you know um environment.
1: Yeah, it's good fun. So of course, it didn't always start out like that for me. I was originally born in the UK, as you can probably tell from my homegrown accent. And I actually was born into Egypt background so most people are like what does that really mean and they go is it like big fat gypsy weddings and I'm like yes but kind of less extreme um so <laughs> basically uh, as an English gypsy I was born into a culture that they, that didn't encourage women to leave the kitchen dare I word it our role as women in that mm. traditional okay. uh, culture was to very much have babies and, and our job was and our place was to be in the kitchen uh, certainly not to get an education and definitely not to go out there and build a business. Now, the irony, uh, I'm going to flip straight to the end of the story, is that I do have a place in the kitchen, and I now am a kitchen millionaire. I make millions of dollars and have over 186,000 students in 181 countries. Those of you not watching the video, I'm just gonna do a little foot in the air, wearing my (laughs) fluffy socks from my spare bedroom in Spiderville. Right, and this is where, (laughs) you know, we can all be born with a certain lot in life, and we can have two ways of thinking about what that means for us you know we can have this fixed mindset of going I've been born into a poor family I was certainly born into a working class family uh you know I could have gone well my job is to be in the kitchen as soon as you know I'm going to be open here the job is when your period becomes you you find someone to get pregnant with and you have babies and you pump them out till you can't pump out anymore that's it that's what women from my culture and even women who are not from a gypsy culture are you're indoctrinated and programmed into believing and when you're working class, and there is no money, there's no other inspiration around you. Well, that's all we think. And by the way, I'm absolutely not saying that that isn't a great life to have. Uh, If that's someone's happiness and somebody's joy, absolutely embrace it and go for you. If joy, happiness and contentment for each of us is different. And as long as you have that, great, that should be, you know, all of our real ideal destinies, our journeys, our end result in life is to find contentment. And that takes many forms for us all, but not for me, right? I was sort of, I had this hunger inside me and I decided to, instead of the fixed mindset, take that flexible mindset of, yeah, I don't know if this is gonna work for me. For me, Mm -hmm. that's not happiness and contentment for me. I feel like there's something else for me. I feel like there's something else written in the stars. I didn't know what it was. I could just feel this sense of dis-ease of there's more, like a bubbling fire inside me. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably feel the same, right? There's something in you. There's a little fire burning. And many of you may not have figured out what it is yet, what this itch is, what this little voice, this whisper that constantly pops up Mm -hmm. inside your head might be. So I began on a journey of exploration. (laughs) Who on earth am I? What on earth am I here for? I don't know if I've even figured it out yet, but I'm having fun trying, right? (laughs) um, So yeah, I I basically, ended up believe it or not as a gypsy who was told not to go to school I ended up getting a scholarship the government was dishing out funds to poor people to get into private Mm -hmm. education and I fitted that category so I managed to with lots and lots and lots of help from friends um, pass an entrance exam to a very posh Catholic or girls school in the UK. And you can imagine this like rough ass gypsy from the working class hood, like in this really posh school. Um, yeah, I didn't quite fit in. I've spent my life not really fitting in. And by the way, Other tip for today, you're weird is what makes you rich, right? The things that made me weird and not Um, fit in anywhere in my life until now is exactly what's made me a rich person, right? And now I'm weird eccentrically because I can. (laughs) Uh, I've learned to embrace the weird.
0: Unapologetically, right?
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, And yeah, ended up in this private school, which of course, you know, it did open up doors for me in a way. It it made me think of myself, my life and what I could do differently. And I obviously, um, you know, did have some serendipity there in terms of of opportunity. And when I came out of that school, I actually had developed an absolute hatred towards education because... (laughs) It was very, very strict, very formal. We were still literally being run by nuns. And if you didn't get an A, you were an absolute failure. If you didn't get top marks, you were going to suck at life. And they'd say, you're going to become a dustbin man, as if, by the way, there's anything Mm. wrong with that too. But it was very, you know, we're elite, (laughs) and everyone else is below us. And, you know, if you're not perfect, you absolutely suck. And I kind of, it, it was awful. I, I this developed, this anxiety developed around education. Like you were either right, or you were wrong, and wrong was so bad that they painted it as if it was devastating, so to be yeah. wrong or to fail or to not get it right was, was something that you feared greatly, and there was this one day when I was in this history class, and I remember it so well thinking, you know, what am I doing here? I was about 14, I was swinging on the back of my chair, as you do, <laughs> uh, we've all done that, and we were talking about King Henry Eighth and all his wives, and I was just, scratching my head, rubbing my eyes. And with genuine intrigue, I put up my hands and I said, sir, what the hell is the point in learning this? Like, why am I learning this? How is this gonna help me in my life? <laughs> and obviously it probably came across like I was a bit of a dick, but yeah. I genuinely was interested. <laughs> and I really wanted to know, like I was, I Time. truly wanted to understand the purpose behind this lesson. And this was such an amazing opportunity for Mr. Burkett to basically say, you know, Sarah, everything we are, everything we have is the result of the work and the efforts and the trailblazing that people have done before us. Like he had an opportunity to teach me about how important it is for us to go and change Mm -hmm. the future for our children and our grandchildren, right? He had this amazing opportunity to teach me and make me fall in love with history. Instead, he looked at me like I was an absolute moron and said challenging
0: him yeah Yeah. how could you
1: be so stupid he goes don't ask such stupid questions in my classroom get out and don't come back and I was like okay (laughs) um to this day by the way learning about a bunch of dead guys you know how many ways it hasn't paid my bills but well um... I might know
0: I might know I, I might know this teacher of yours because I heard that same exact statement like a million times in school <laughs> that why are you asking that stupid question it was like uh, yeah. it's discovery like exploration like honestly you mostly wasn't to challenge a teacher and i find this in a lot of entrepreneurs that, that that not only the ones who are guests on the podcast here sarah but also our listeners who are going through the entrepreneurial journey right regardless of their background uh they share this like common sort of journey through school that oh my god i always was curious and tinkering but you were always told not to do that
1: yeah you're too extra you tone yourself down stop being so curious why can't you just listen and do as you're told and i think a lot of us go through school thinking there's something wrong with us you know yeah, absolutely please own it and tell your kids to own it. If you've got a little entrepreneurial sprog as well, because Mm. my gosh, we should celebrate these kids. And so, yeah, anyway, I, I, I walked out the classroom, I flung my backpack over my shoulder and I thought, you know what, you're right, sir. I ain't gonna come back. This is stupid. I went and hid in the art room for the next remainder of my school year. Um, because there was no right or wrong in the art room right it's subjective rather than objective there wasn't a right or wrong answer and I was like wow this is great I got to finally have this complete freedom of creative expression and my Mm -hmm. goodness I loved it I just got to create and express and make things and no one Nobody came along and said, that's wrong. Oh, it's not the best grade ever. You just produced. And I was like, wow. ooh, I like this creating thing. I ended up realizing <laughs> through the process of art that, I was learning how to mix paints in different ways, I was learning how to use different brushes, I was learning how to apply different techniques, I was learning about the historical development of different forms of art, and the result of the learning was that I was producing amazing things, and my art examiner left a check in my envelope for two of my pictures. So I started making money from my creative expression, which came from me learning stuff. And I thought, holy macaroni, I think I'm onto something. (laughs) This is cool. And I suddenly realized in this moment that learning comes in many forms, that Mm. learning wasn't memorizing how many wives a dead bloke has, nor is it memorizing the chemical (laughs) equation of photosynthesis, that learning has so many different ways And, Mm -hmm. ha, maybe education isn't so crappy after all. Actually, what I've just realized for me is that learning resulted in fun, growth and income. Mm. I like this. I went on to travel the world and there's stories there where I ended up accidentally showing somebody the world. I'll tell you about that another time. (laughs) I came back (laughs) from these travels having learned a whole new bunch of stuff about life and learning. I phoned up the university in the UK when I got back from this backpacking trip, having just gone and volunteered around all of the schools that I was tra- traveling to rather than partying. Right, My idea was to just, you know, drink Samsung buckets and <laughs> party and t- teaching because I was like, this is incredible. I'm really enjoying this. Um, so I phoned up the university and they said, oh, I'm really sorry. You've actually missed the intake period. Um, everyone starts on Monday. This was a Friday afternoon. But she goes, let me have a look click 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 on the keyboard and she said oh we do actually have one place left on one program you're probably not interested but it's actually in education I was like it's meant to be it's meant to be I said I'll take it that's exactly what I was hoping you'd have so on Monday I started my university uh degree in education and it was pretty funny because my first teaching experience I got put on was in a primary school (laughs) Right, this is the Dadpreneur podcast. So I can probably imagine most of you know what it's like to have kids. Um, now I have two, <laughs> I take my hat off to anyone who can manage a room of 30 of them because uh, that did not go well for me. <laughs> they terrified me. <laughs> I was absolutely, this. I mean, I just couldn't do it. And I thought, oh no, I thought this was gonna be my career. I thought I was gonna be a teacher. I can't deal with all this snot and chaos. I've just, (laughs) these kids are too much for me. So I asked for a transfer and I ended up in prison.
0: (laughs) Wow. So you went from like little ones to
1: mostly men, I'm assuming. I went from snot to smackheads, and honestly, it was an absolute relief. I don't know how many of you dads. Some days, you know, when the kids are just, you know, they're just being extra, and you're thinking, "Oh, can we send them back?" Right? How many of you really, <laughs> truly would happily be arrested just for a few days, just to go and sit in jail, <laughs> have a nice cup of tea in peace, oh, have a poo by yourself, right? You know, have a little nap or something. I mean, honestly going and standing in a classroom with 15 full-grown male criminals was far easier for me than a room full of toddlers.
0: <laughs> well, I, I and how long did you do that for?
1: Yeah, so that was pretty fun. I did that for uh, just over a year. And again, this is where I went wow, I never knew that a thing called adult education existed. So there I was in the mm-hmm. education department. And I was, again, I think there's been a lot of serendipity in my life. You, if I think if you put yourself out there, if you say to the world, I don't really know where I'm going, but right now I know that I want to go this way. you know, If you put yourself out there, you work hard, you stay open to those opportunities and you just step forward, even though you're not quite sure where that direction is heading, doors will open. And well, so for me, when I was I... there...
0: Yeah, sorry, Sarah. I wanna I wanna touch on that point right there because I think what you're hitting on is an important, really an important um, piece of advice that you're giving to our listeners who are early stage entrepreneurs, and it, and really important. And, I, and the reason why I think it's so important is because we're living through a time where a lot of what we see on on the internet digitally platforms like TikTok and others where it's short form, where there's a pic- picture that is painted about business and entrepreneurship, that it's just like, you, you just have a few good ideas, you put it out there and then boom, it explodes. We, you and I know, and a lot of our more experienced entrepreneurs know that that is not how it happens. But I think what you were talking about, right, there's so important for you to highlight is that you are saying like, look, put your head down, keep working hard. And it's that consistency. Talk to me about how important that consistency. And, and I, I agree with you that the mindset and putting your energy out there, I'm a hundred percent in alignment with you on there, but, but just putting it out there. And then let's say, well, I'm going to do three months of content or work or course. And then if it doesn't work, it, it just it what, you know, wasn't meant to be. Well, if you only tried it for two, three months, it's just not enough time. And unfortunately, I, I in my world, is what I see too often. People put what they consider defined as like, like hard work and commitment and dedication. I said, wait, we, so you did this for six months and then you gave up? That's not consistency. So talk to me about the importance in your life of that consistency and keep moving forward.
1: Oh, 100%. It's it's, it's really interesting because as a business owner, we do, especially when first starting out, think that I'm not going to start my thing until I know exactly what my thing's going to be. And the truth is, most of us aren't completely sure what our thing is when we first start. And it continues to evolve from that point. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that one day they're just going to sit on the toilet and this epiphany is just going to drop on their head and tell them exactly what their business is and exactly what they're going to be doing for themselves. Well, for the majority of people, Like I said, we only know what we want to do right now, kind Mm. of. And you have to step forward mm. for the next door to present itself, for the next part of the journey. It's like going on a road trip. You can't just sit in your car and ding. You're magically there when you shut the door. You know, you have to first get to town A and then you can get to town B and then you get to town C, right? You you have to actually be moving and on the journey to be able to mm. discover yeah. what options, choices, roads, pathways and turnoffs there are at the next step. I see too many people trying to open door number 50 with key number one and what happens is when you move through the first door you walk along you'll see some other options present themselves and you're like "Ah, oh, I like that one you would never have known when you were down at door one that what would have come up and be available at door two I would never have discovered adult education if I first hadn't jumped into kid education and discovered I hated it, it, it I wouldn't have known So um, you definitely have to move, there has to be inertia in order for you to continue to evolve, continue to discover what it is that you need to be doing, where you need to go next, who you are and what the purpose of you is. But then on top of that, when you do start finding, okay, again, I don't know what the final destination is, but I do know that right now we're gonna go here. You have to consistently, continuously with absolute unwavering determination and dedication, Mm -hmm do that thing until the next pathway doorway or turning presents itself and it like you said the biggest thing i see with business owners is that they will you know they'll do a few bits of marketing um and then they'll go this just didn't work i didn't make any sales i suck my product sucks my course sucks i suck i definitely i don't know what i'm what i'm supposed to do with my life and they go into this big hole of depression i say well what did you do and they said well you know i Put it up, I put a link up on Facebook. I did a YouTube video. Okay, what else did you do? Um, well, I did it again and I still didn't make any sales. Okay. Cool. Great start. First of all, your Facebook friends aren't your target audience. If you're just sharing a link on Facebook, you're not going to make any sales, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't do it that way. It takes consistency. The amount of money you make is the degree to which you do marketing. And the second you stop marketing is the second your target audience stops seeing your thing and therefore will stop buying it. And therefore you'll make no money. If you what? don't market what? your thing...
0: That's right. And I want to give you props. We were talking about it before the podcast, just so our listeners know. Um, you know, Sarah and I connected um, some four or five months ago. It actually was closer to the beginning of the year. And our podcast manager reached out. We said, Look, we really need to have you on because a lot of people are asking us, I want to build a course, I want to, you know, grow my business. And, and we said, Okay, let's have Sarah on because we know that that's your area of expertise, Sarah. But I want to, share with our listeners about that consistency that we're not just talking about this as like advice from two, to entrepreneurs who are mm-hmm. saying, but then not doing it. Cause there's a lot of people saying and not doing, I can definitely tell, tell our listeners here that, you know, when we connected as we do with a lot of guests, I, we kind of immerse ourselves in, in, in whatever thing you're doing, whatever the product is. And one of the things that I didn't really expect from you was, that level of marketing and communication mainly communication and when i say communication is like you have a great product so you have almost 200 students clearly your courses are great and doing something for a lot of people but you you go beyond that and that communication was the consistency of the emails i i i have to estimate just that i'm guesstimating right now that probably over the course of four or five months I probably received from Sarah, talking to the listeners here. I probably received from from Sarah, thirty thousand words worth of of, of 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 emails. It was a lot of emails, and they were thoughtful. They were interesting. And again, you're not a, a, a marketing agency, but the way you're running your business and your brand you were doing it in a way that it wasn't just these short emails saying here, buy my, buy, buy my course program, buy my consulting. It was a lot of useful content. So I think that for a lot of our listeners who are wondering, well, how do I do this communication and how do I do this consistent? I, I would say go to Sarah's website, which we'll share in the show notes and, and just watch what you're doing because you're a great example, Sarah, set the courses aside for a second but just even from a marketing standpoint and communication you're you I can vouch for that that you are very consistent and thoughtful in the content and and how you're doing that so just big props to you because we're not just saying telling people to do it here you are actually doing it
1: yeah no thank you and I think this is really important because when I first started out I you know I was nobody I had no website I had zero followers on Facebook I had you know none of us fall out of the womb with a big fat Facebook or social media following right you have to build it from scratch and I was that person I had nothing I was like right I want to go out to the world and do something um but I don't know where to begin and I remember looking at all of these other big influencers all these people that had already built their online brand they had thousands of followers millions of followers sometimes and I sat there thinking how can I compete with this I can't compete with yeah. this. I'm just little old me sat at home with a borrowed laptop, but like, I can't compete with that. And then I thought, hang on a minute. Okay, so I don't have a million dollar marketing budget. I don't have no big fancy team. I've got pretty much zero skills or knowledge in marketing whatsoever. But I tell you what I can do. I can help people with the stuff that I know. What I can do is be helpful. What I can do is share information about my area of expertise. And so I thought, if I can't outspend you and I can't outmarket you and I can't outfollow you, I can certainly outhelp you. And I thought, I am going to just go out there. My strategy was to be the most helpful person that I could possibly be in my industry. If I thought, if I can be the most helpful person in my town, in my topic, that's the start. Then I'm going to be the most helpful person in my city, in my state, in my country. Then I'm going to make sure that when anyone asks a question on my topic on the internet, it's my stuff that absolutely dominates all of their search results, regardless of what channel they're on. And that is the approach that I took because the truth is that we live in a world now where everyone can compete. And the person who is being the most helpful and giving away the most content, ironically will become the dominator of that particular field. And this is where now I'm tying this back into the consistency thing, because A, you can compete. B, you will take over and continue to compete and stay the leader of your industry if that consistency stays. Now, it was only very recently, um, I was having a drink with one of my girlfriends. She came around to my house for a glass of wine. She said, Sarah, I know that you're really good at all this online stuff. Um, I've got this little business I want to start up. She was actually doing like soap and candle making. And she said, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start with this like please help and I said you've got to start creating content she goes but I've got no followers what's the point in creating content if I don't have followers and I said babe you you have to have something for the followers to follow. Now, you're not gonna have, you know, the cows come home to the yard if there's not a pail full of cow food for them to eat, right? You've gotta bring your calves home to to eat something. And this is how you build followers. I started going out being the most helpful person in the world. I was talking to an empty room for about two years. (laughs) I just carried on anyway, because even if people aren't validating our content with likes or comments or shares, it is still creating an invisible web of content on the internet that is going to help you get found and discovered later. And so my friend sort of sat there and said to me, you know, it's, I was saying to her, you've got to start creating this content. She goes, well, it's all right for you, Sarah. You know, you're already successful. And I was like, hold up sister, hold up, babes right now. Okay, I took a, a swig of my wine in full battle mode, sat down on the glass and said to her, <laughs> sweetie, right. First of all, my life and what I have now, the millions of dollars I've made did not fall out of a cereal box one morning, right? Mm -hmm. I have posted a social media post every single day for over seven years actually it's been longer than that I have published over 700 YouTube videos that are helpful tips that are teaching people how to do something that I know Mm -hmm. 700 YouTube videos I have written and published well over 800 blog posts I literally sat there myself writing those blogs no i didn't give them to vas i didn't outsource that it's me sitting there writing these things up i there is more than that okay but this is the point that i say to people it is not about luck it is not about money it is not about resources it's not about where you live i'm an absolute classic example of all of those things don't tell me that you can't start your business or make a success of yourself because you don't have any of these things you can All you need to do is put in consistency of helping people all of the time and never stop. That is the secret to success. Boring, isn't it? But it works.
0: I love it. And it's so different than what a lot of entrepreneurs, young people, Gen Z, millennials, even the younger millennials um, see in, in media, which is everything is viral virality. Right. Um, and the truth is whether it's you, me, or any of our guests here, most of, most of our content, most of our business is not based on some one viral post. Most of it is building blocks. And when you go back and look at it, you go, wow, that is a body of work, a lot of intellectual property that you can build a business around. And eventually there's an exit strategy there. Someone will come in when you're ready. to retire and say sure Sarah we'd like to buy this huge library it's a it's a warehouse gigantic warehouse of inventory and then we're going to benefit or maybe you leave it to your kids maybe your kids will take over who knows but the point is you are building something that is go- going to be there in the future so there's no way of hacking your way there you know and so I think you're talking about that now let's shift gears and talk to us about Sarah the 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 For those who are like, okay, I have no idea. I want to do a course. I definitely know I want to do a course. I have something I I need to share with the world, which I think will be helpful for other people, whether in business or personal life. So I want to do a course. Like, what are like the top tips? Where did they start?
1: Such a good question. And obviously, depending on where you are in your business, it's going to depend on kind of where you start. If you know what your area of expertise is, or the thing that you want to be a specialist in, it's going to be slightly different to if you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to teach about yet. So for those people who do know kind of what your rough area of expertise is going to be, or what you would like to go out there and start getting known as an expert in, um, one of the best things I can say to you is, first of all, start thinking about who that target audience might be. And the best okay. best person that you can think of targeting for your first course is the person that you were when you most needed the thing that you're now an expert in so you know people are always like oh you know demographics psychographics right i'm saying to all of that i'm saying <laughs> where you know, let's say you are really like you're an expert in something i don't know I'm well let me give you, you an down. example
0: I'll give you an example that happened tonight before our podcast. So Sarah, before the podcast earlier today, my wife uh, wife and I and the four kids, we went for a photo shoot that had been scheduled months before and rescheduled multiple times. So we finally went and uh, went to a park, like an outdoor park, and the photographer, this lady was amazing. I mean, really just her personality, just everything, the way she spoke to the kids. Like, yeah, I was... I was like, listen, I've got to get back to doing to stuff. And I didn't want to leave. I, I knew I had my podcast with you, our interviewer, but I was like, oh my God, I could. And when we were leaving, I was telling her, um, I'm interviewing Sarah, who teaches people how to do courses. I said, I, I don't know if you want to do this, but I think you should build a course for your business. And it's interesting, Sarah, because that's exactly what she understood. She goes, well, who would my audience be? And I said, Well, remember you when you started and she goes, sure, I have people always asking me because she has a style, she doesn't do weddings, she just does families right and she's really good I said I'm telling you, I could see you with thousands and thousands of students and you're building some passive income she goes, I have no idea where to start so let's use her as the example.
1: Uh brilliant. And so, yeah, this is it. It's a lot of us who are already good at something, and all of us are, right? There's so much stuff you do automatically every day that you just don't realize how good you are at it. It's actually impossible for us to remember what it was like to not know that thing. It's actually a genuine phenomena called the curse of knowledge. The curse of knowledge tells us that if we know how to do something so well, we, we can't even get ourselves into a place of remembering what it was like to not know that thing. And so what we think is, oh, but you know, I need to be even better than I am to go out and teach what I know, right? We're not going out to teach something that we don't know how to do. You've got to try right. and remember, there are people that have no idea how to do what you can do already do. To every first grader, a fourth grader is an expert right? That fourth grader doesn't need to be the university professor. That fourth grader just simply needs to go, I know how to get to this level, and I'm going to teach the first graders Mm -hmm. what I know. That is all you have to be in your topic. So our photographer friend can remember, if she possibly can, if not, she needs to talk to her audience, what it was like to not have a freaking clue, what kind of camera do I need to buy? Does it need to be expensive? How do I do a shot? How do I use that lens thingy? What do all these buttons do? I don't have a clue, Yeah. right? To her, she uses it all the time. And what we think is, we think, oh my gosh, but that's too dumb like people are going to think i'm talking to them like they're stupid no right the first grader version of you has no idea we don't have a clue about your topic you're not dumbing it down you're not speaking to us like we're idiots we're coming on your course because we haven't got a clue what to do next so always think of who you were when you were starting okay. your thing, when you didn't have a clue about your topic, when you were in the depths of despair. And always think about you know, if you were gonna take somebody from zero clue, no idea who you were when you were trying to figure all this topic out to who you are now, What steps did you go through? What steps would you take them through? What main milestones have you been through that you wish you could have just fast-tracked down into like a month or a year or something, you know, that's taken you so many years to get to where you are now? Um, what are all the things that somebody would need to go from? I don't have a clue to being where you are, because your qualification to teaching a course is the mm-hmm. fact that you've done something. No, you do not need to be a qualified teacher to create a course. You do not need to be qualified in your topic to create an amazing life changing course. Your qualification mm-hmm. in inverted brackets is the fact that you have been there and have the skid mats on your pants, right? You simply by saying to people I know how you feel I know how confusing this is I was there once too there was once upon a time when I didn't know how to do this thing either and I remember how baffling and bamboozling it was when I was trying to figure out where to even begin but now I have and over the x number of years I've managed to get here and now have this skill this result this is what I'm doing in my life That is your qualification. And in this online course, I'm gonna show you my methods of what I did to get there. And by using that language, you can also get rid of your imposter syndrome, right? Because you're not saying you're teaching the best course in the world or it includes everything in the universe. You're not saying anyone else is wrong and you're right. What you're saying is here is what I did. Here are the steps I used. Here are the things that I have found get great results. And people are like, great. It's perfect because you, you're not you're not uh, discounting anything else. You're also not promising the universe, but you're qualified because people know that you have got there, and that is exactly what justifies you charging because you're sharing a genuine experience and fast tracking people through that.
0: I love it. I mean, the, 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 your advice about the audience makes total sense, and then putting yourself into you on day one versus day. 2000 3000 or more than 10,000 hours later it's you have all the inventory of information that you need to sort of share with people um but okay so i've got all of that i know who my audience is what do i do next do i just do i just build it on youtube like i know people i know people who've built pretty decent channels i'm not a fan so again you may say different i don't know sarah but i'm not a fan of building courses straight on YouTube, okay? And I have my reasons why, because YouTube with the algorithm and whatnot, it's a different business model to me. So when people come to me and ask for my marketing expertise they say, look, if you build your course on YouTube, even if it's private, password protected, there's a lot of issues there because again, Google knows too much about you already with the algorithms and whatnot. Uh, And I, I don't find it to be a very good experience. So even let's say you have 700 videos, I have friends who have thousands of videos. That's great. Put your videos on YouTube, but understand that YouTube's goal is to make sure that the user sees other videos, which is why the experience is pretty horrible. So I think you're going to talk to us about your software. And I'm interested to know about that component, because when you enter into a learning management system, There's so many different platforms and different experiences out there. And we're all in this day and age with smartphones. Everybody learns very quickly the user interface. If it's different than this one or that one, it's okay. But I think one key component is the video. And whether it's, you know, you sharing a screen or you speaking, um, I don't find YouTube to to be very helpful. So I don't know what you think about that as as a starting point. Are you, would you recommend that they start building a course on YouTube or would you recommend them start somewhere else?
1: Yeah, like you said, very, very different reasons for posting and creating video content on a marketing slash social media slash search engine channel than it is to creating a commercial product. Um, Yes, you need to be pumping as much content as you can on these platforms if you want to get found, right? The more content you put up online that's publicly available, the more chance you are going to get found, the more chance you're going to get of getting customers and followers. But a marketing piece of content is very different to a commercial. piece of content and they absolutely have very very different uh hosting requirements uh, and technical requirements behind the scenes um but when but when it comes to kind of what do we do next we kind of got this topic got this idea there are 10 major steps to creating an online course i do have a free training for you guys that uh, alex will share at the end of today's session but um, i'm going to give you some advice that's kind of very current that's very different to what I would have said maybe two years ago. the the industry, the learning the learning revolution has shifted dramatically. In fact, so much so, Alex, I have to share um twenty six days before covid happened, which was twenty six days before I gave birth to my second child, I published an industry report on the future of the online learning industry. And what mm-hmm. I had predicted for the next ten years actually then happened in the next five months. So we were in this place now where you know, the online learning revolution has, been extremely accelerated by what's happened with COVID. Um, And almost to the point where I'm seeing a lot of course creators go, the industry is completely and utterly saturated. There's so much competition. Is it worth me bothering Mm. to go out there yet? And I'm like, dude, over half of the world don't even have access to the internet yet can we just take a step back that just because we are online and on the internet every day it doesn't mean that everyone else is just because you are computer literate it does not mean that the rest of the world is over half the internet doesn't even have the world doesn't even have internet and that's huge not only are we the first generations to ever be on the internet we are also the first people to be teachers on the internet. You have the door wide open right now. You probably have another 18 months to two years to actually take the leading front row of the learning revolution. I mean, look back to all the things that I you, have you that. ever just driven around and gone, God, I wish I invented that. God, I wish right. I was the first person to do that. This is your chance with online courses. Really is. So in terms of like with that same thing is the learning revolution has created a very different demand for the types of online courses, training content that people are buying. A few years ago, it was the biggest courses that made the most amount of money. In today's world, okay. it's the absolute opposite. The shortest, most straight to the point, give me the answer now courses are the ones that are making the most money. I, and this is I can vouch for that. Yeah. This <laughs> I had one course, course that was
0: six hours, six hours. And then I brought it down to just about an hour, which I thought this is nothing. It's terrible. It's People were like, wow, what I got out of that hour, those five, six, like really powerful nuggets, whoa and the people that took the five six hour course that that still required you to do another five six hours of actual exercises very few people only the people that are like really high c on a disc profile like really they love long form were, were the ones that gave feedback like yeah i still prefer that one but like 75 percent of the people said no that one hour course was perfect and i and i was like what you're saying, Sarah, just for our listeners know, I, as a marketer, even having done my research, I said, I thought no way that a shorter course is going to do better than a longer so i i can vouch for you 100 percent
1: yeah people are busy you, you're mentioning you know the online the fast TikTok. well the gen z's the not What you wear people want fast uh you know there's well, some of the best feedback i've ever had is as a teacher and you guys will get yourselves is when someone says to you oh, i just got more from your course than i got from 10 years at school i just yes. got more from this training than <laughs> i got from five years at university right That's the goal here. None of us wanna sit through something for five hours that we could have got from a five minute video. People are actually less interested now in learning the how something works. And they're more like, just tell me what to do. Just give me the answer and tell me what to do. I don't need to know the PhD level theory behind it all. And this is great for us as course creators, right? Because now we actually get to multiply our bottom line because now we can create more content. We can create lots more and lots content. of mini courses, 60 minute. I'm talking lunch break learning size guys. Yeah. You can create you know, 10 little mini courses instead of one 10 hour program. That's easy for you to produce you get much higher completion rates. Now, completion rates means happy, successful people who've got results, which means they become repeat buyers more often and make higher referral rates. So um, that is the other great thing is that you can make smaller courses more affordable, right? If you just think of a a, a 10 hour course, that's 10 modules, that's a hundred bucks. You can sell that now for $10 per lesson, per module, right? So you're not actually devaluing your content. You're just now making it more accessible to more people. More people have a lower disposable income than people who have high ticket income. And so you actually make more money and impact more people's lives. There's so many reasons why this is great.
0: And what I found, Sarah, from my experience, as well as some of our clients who have courses, I actually have a client who has an online school. Uh, for for physical therapists and so their you know certification program, but students all over the United States and whatnot—they've been doing this for twenty years. And what I said about when we were doing our course, I noticed that the the short course versus the long course, that to your point, that completion rate and them coming back asking for more was huge. Where also the big for me for my own experience. The amount of support that I had to not only me, but also people on my team give to the big course was huge, right? That it wasn't just FAQs, we had to do every other week, uh, and ask me anything, right? Like a live closed, like Zoom session to answer so many questions. Because for most people, it was very confusing. And so, I did this exercise, I did this, I did that, and to your point, you see that like maybe 24, 25%, I believe it was the number that we had on the big course, the longer one. That was the completion rate, which was very, to me was at first looked like failure until I did the smaller, smaller one and then saw the rate just through the roof. Mm-hmm. And to your point, happy people. I got fewer reviews on the bigger course than I did on the shorter one. So I think like, I mean, there's so many reasons to do a smaller one.
1: Absolutely, and the the biggest next reason for that is this new model of creating educational content then lends itself perfectly to a subscription-based model. Because now what we're saying is we're not dumbing stuff down and leaving stuff out. We're simply giving people the opportunity to choose from different pieces of content that suit what they need at that moment. But to also create a model by which they can stay with you for a longer period of time, you maintain responsiveness to their needs as they change and grow, and actually mm-hmm. keep those customers for a longer period of time. And the world has shifted dramatically to subscription-based models. I mean, like remember the days when we used to go into the video store and buy popcorn and choose our VHS yeah. videos, right? <laughs> We're now I do miss those with- days. <laughs> yeah, I know it was so fun, right? we we're pretty much everything we have now we're not buying to own we are um leasing to belong to or have access to That's right. so um there is actually you know data that shows that we the, the consumers today prefer to pay to belong to something rather than pay to own something so the subscription-based model really is taking over the world and is an incredible model for us as business owners because it creates the sustainable income rather than boom this month we had a great month we did loads of marketing we made loads of money next month we do make nothing because we were sick right that's not a sustainable business model it's very very dangerous and it's often what causes people to shut down a very sustainable and safe and low risk business model is one where you know you're going to have a certain degree of repeating income every single month. So what you can do is once you've created a couple of these mini courses, you create a subscription academy where basically As you create new content, you dump it into that bucket. You're paying people to access what's in the bucket, just like a gym Mm -hmm. membership, right? You're just adding new pieces of equipment to it every now and then. So the stuff in the gym gets bigger. The price of the gym stays the same price. And as the people see themselves getting fitter and stronger, they stay because you keep adding new equipment to move them up to the next level of strength and conditioning. So um, you just add new content, add new content all the time based on what they're asking you for. And when you first begin, you know, the best way for you to start, and this is absolute basics is, hey, one or two people who are interested in joining my academy, What's what's the biggest challenge for you right now? What's eating you right now? What's going on for you right now? And create a live training next month that's gonna answer that one specific question in 60 mm-hmm. to 90 minutes. You record it, you dump it in your bucket, you put it in your brain gym, right? So now mm-hmm. um, it grows over time as you're actually serving the people who are with you live. Over time, this academy gets bigger and bigger, higher and higher value, and people start bringing their friends along for the ride over sure. time this becomes a hugely uh, accumulated income stream when i first started mine about seven years ago the subscription model didn't really exist yet it wasn't a thing and i remember my colleagues in the industry thinking i was absolutely insane and had gone and taken some new found drug or something they were like sarah you've got like $20,000 worth of training in this in this academy. And you're going to give it away to everyone for $47? You're completely insane. You're going to cannibalize your business. I don't know what you're doing. You've gone mad. And I just, typical entrepreneur, was like, no, oh, we'll see, shall we? So I put it out there, you know, and get this. 100 people, by the time that happened, by the way, that happened very slowly. I just want you to know. The first few months of my academy, I was presenting to myself. Um, but very slowly, I eventually here. got up to... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) eventually got up to 100 members and all of a sudden, you know, 100 members at 47 bucks a month, that's four thousand seven hundred US dollars a month, every month. And by the way, I wasn't even doing live calls then. So for literally doing nothing, I was earning five thousand US dollars a month you get yourself, you know, 500 people, that's 23,000 US dollars a month, every single month, actually, I think it's way more it than that, that's terrible. right, and I just turned around to my friends, and I was like, who's crazy now, right, <laughs> it's low <laughs> ticket, but high volume, and yeah, that low right. ticket, high volume, coming in every single month, ain't such a stupid business model, I'm telling you now,
0: I know. Well, I think and we'll share with our listeners your list of uh, tips, which I, f- I find a, to be very powerful, as well as some, I'll pull some of the content that you've emailed me over the last four or five months. But as we kind of round out the podcast here in the last few minutes, Sarah, tell us you were sharing with me here that since we last spoke, um, that you have built a, a platform, a software platform to take care of a lot, a lot of these. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, look, I think one of the uh, the biggest next steps is once I take people through my 10 steps of course creation, which is free, by the way, um, you know, we walk through what topic do I need to do? What's my business model going to look like? What kind of courses should I create? How do I create the content? How do I find content I know my learners will love? How do I make sure there's a market demand for this? We then start moving into filming and actually creating the videos and how do you do that? One of the, the, the final steps to the course creation 10-step process is what technology do I use? Like what's stuff do I need um and of course if you're going to go out there and actually make money and you want to automate the process and you want to have a really professional learning experience for your users you are going to need some kind of piece of software but this is an absolute minefield right you go out there today it is like a snake's wedding at a rave right there is just so many options to choose from and it's really confusing and I have actually been a partner with the top learning management systems for many years, so Thinkific, Kajabi, Teachable, you know, all of these these platforms out there. I've been working in partnership as an affiliate and verified expert in those platforms for a very long time, and I've I've got to know all of the different features and functions that are required to make a successful online business work. Mm-hmm. First of all, you need a place to actually host your content. You need to have sales pages so that you can actually you know convince people to buy a product. You need to have a payment gateway that go into your Stripe or your PayPal so you can actually take money. And you need something to email and stay in touch with and communicate with those people to help them progress through your content. Mm -hmm. So they're the main essential ingredients. But up until recently i have the solution right you've had to connect lots of different pieces of software together you need a learning management system you need an email marketing software you need a calendar booking system you need funnels you need pages you need social media schedulers you need all these other different things and i just kind of got fed up with having to provide these services in this training to help people connect them all together remember a thousand different passwords pull their hair out trying to make everything work and so in true entrepreneurial style i went you know what i'm just going to make my own (laughs) so i did and we've just launched 3 months earlier than was than we should have to let people into it um but you know why not <laughs> it's worked it's an absolute treat it is live it is fully functioning so i've created techmatics.com which is an all in one course creation and online business system it's your website it's your blog it's completely custom domained in your own domain name it's your course creation platform your membership academy it's your calendar management system your appointment booking system your social media scheduler and way more basically there's 25 major pieces of software that you're probably already paying monthly subscriptions for to the thousands per year you can completely get rid of that at the moment we are on beta so you get the full pro plan unlimited students unlimited web pages unlimited templates unlimited domains so you can run multiple businesses from it too mm-hmm. and a free course. On- Onboarding, onboarding call with one of my tech experts to set you up it's just 97 bucks a month so you can literally get rid of all of your subscriptions that's, save a fortune have way more features
0: well that's incredible because a- as you were running through even just some of those features that often live in so many different environments because you got to pull them together with zapier and this and that um i'm just adding up the technology <laughs> as we would call it the tech stack right technology stack and marketing mm-hmm. stack you start to put all those togethers. I mean, easily you're at a thousand dollars a month. And and that doesn't include having to get the training and learning through each one of those. There's, there's just a lot of work. But I think that the, the unique proposition that you have for our listeners here, Sarah, is that you built your business on this model. So I think it's a little different than a lot of software companies that are out there. Not saying that they're not good. There's a lot of great ones. They're
1: amazing. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they 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 really are, right? And so I think it's like what you said. It's this is your, just like when you offer the course and you say this is how I do it, your system. There, you could choose Mm -hmm. other systems out there, but to me, when you put all those into one, um, Mm -hmm. it just saves a lot of time and hassle and allows. You, the creator, to focus on just creating content.
1: Yeah, that's right. And the, and this is where you know um, I deeply respect uh, and the, these other companies out there. They are the best in the world, and you know they are multi-million, some of them billion-dollar public companies. Yeah. And what we've basically done here is we've taken the best of those best in the world companies and we've put them all into one place. And it's a real honor we're being compared to them. You know, people are saying you're like Kajabi. But way more, way more features. You're like Kajabi, but with click funnels and That's an active amazing. campaign and Calendly all built in. And to be compared to these world-class you know, top level companies is such an honor. It really is an honor. And this is that this is the feedback that's coming from the first beta testers that we've had come through. Um, and by the way, Alex, everyone does actually have an affiliate link for this platform. So do make sure you okay. go to his link in the comments below if you do want to go and check it out. Um, on Alex's link, you guys will get a 14 day free trial. So you can go in and have a play. There's a full training course that you get access okay. to free of charge that will show you how to use the platform as well. You get a free onboarding call with one of my teams. So do click on Alex's link in the show notes for that uh, if you do want to go and check it out.
0: Well, I love it. I mean, the we, we've spent a, an hour together and you you taught us so much. I mean, you shared with us the 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 landscape of where you are in Western Australia. So we learned some geography there. <laughs> we learned about <laughs> your gypsy background and your sort of your journey into entrepreneurship and how you didn't like education for the same reasons that a lot of us didn't, didn't like it. Now you coincidentally, you, you live in education and helping others learn and grow, but now you're at this other sort of phase of your life where you're building this system and tools with technology. It's just beautiful. Like your whole journey, Sarah, it's, it's been so great to have you here sharing all this great information. And I, and I do think that our listeners um have gotten a lot out of listening to you about how to create courses online because it is a hot topic that everyone is interested in but sometimes when you go on a search engine or you youtube it or google it is you just don't know where to start and i think that um, you brought a unique voice to that conversation today and for that i really appreciate you being on the podcast
1: My absolute pleasure. It's great to be here. Like if I want to end with anything is whatever dream you have, you can make it a reality. If I can go from a working class gypsy to being the executive director and head of campus of the number one university in Australia and the youngest university in Australian history, right? You guys can do anything at all. Whatever your dream is, you don't have to know. All of the answers, all the solutions, all of the ways, all the hows that it's going to happen. Just know that you can do it and you will find a way if you get started and take step one. In the show notes as well, there is a free training for you guys, SarahCordner.com forward slash starter kit. That will give you my free 10 steps to course creation that will get you through the main steps. Otherwise, good luck. Go out there. You're not going to change anyone's lives or make any money if you don't just start today. You will be so glad you did the future you will thank you good luck my friends i'm cheering you on
0: cheers sarah